0: Hello and welcome to Finch Shorts Daily. In today's episode, we see why HDFC Bank is merging with HDFC. Before we start today's episode, we have a quick announcement from the team at Finch Shorts. We have recently launched a new endeavor called Ditto Insurance to help people purchase health and life insurance for themselves and their families. Ditto comes with a spam-free guarantee and we answer your queries free of cost. Even if you don't buy insurance from us. So head over to Ditto Insurance now for unbiased personalized insurance advice the link is in the description below as the son grows older he acquires the father's business that's how deepak parekh the chairman of hdfc limited explained the merger between the 45 year old hdfc limited and its 28 year old banking offspring hdfc bank and you know what it's a nice way of summarizing this merger Apart from the gender reference, of course. The point is, you can't just look at this merger in the here and now. You have to rewind a bit and look at the historical relationship between these two iconic institutions. So let's go back to 1977. HDFC Limited had just set up shop and it had one simple goal, to change people's behavior. Wait, what? Isn't HDFC the Housing Development Financial Corporation? A non-banking financial institution or an NBFC? What's this nonsense about behavior? Well, 1977 isn't 2022. If people wanted to build their homes, they waited until retirement. They saved every penny, they were prudent with their spending, and they broke their Provident Fund. That's how they built homes back in the day. Borrowing to build homes. That was a foreign concept, and HDFC wanted to change that. So they convinced a certain DB Remedios to take out a loan of 35,000 rupees to build a 70,000 rupee home in Mumbai, and thus began HDFC's journey. This was their first customer, and within a few years, the lender's annual loan approvals had already breached the 100 crore rupee mark. There was no looking back, and HDFC became synonymous with house loans. But then we had the liberalization reforms in the 1990s. And this paved the way for something even greater. At the time, public sector banks weren't exactly the epitome of efficiency. They were weighed down by their legacy and people wanted a fresh banking experience, something more nimble. So HTFC made a pitch for a full-fledged banking license and HTFC Bank emerged as a result. As an added bonus, its chairman, Deepak Parekh, managed to convince Aditya Puri, who was heading Citibank Malaysia at the time, to jump ship and head the new banking upstart. The stage was set. This was HDFC Bank's moment to shine. But they didn't exactly set the stage on fire the first year. In fact, the performance was quite disappointing. However, in its first annual report, The bank decided to stick to its guns and talk about the company's four values. Operational excellence, customer focus, product leadership and professional people. It wanted to gain people's trust. And the rest, as they say, is history. HDFC Bank quickly became India's second largest bank and people would automatically assume that the bank would grow 20% every year. It even found a place in the 100 most valuable brands in the world. The child had outdone the parent. And finally, after years of speculation, it seems to be happening. The two entities will merge into one and the $60 billion deal is going to create a financial behemoth of epic proportions. With HDFC Limited's assets thrown into the mix, HDFC Bank's market share will jump from 11% to 15%. For context, India's largest bank, SBI, has a market share of nearly 26%. This will also mean HDFC Bank will now be two times the size of its nearest competitor, ICICI Bank. So how did it come to this? And why did HDFC Bank finally make an offer that its parent couldn't refuse? Frankly, the writing was on the wall. You see, back in November 2020, an internal group set up by the banking regulator, RBI, had published a recommendation. It said that large non-banking financial companies or NBFCs should consider turning into banks. Why did they make that recommendation? It was pretty simple, really. Over the years, the distinction between NBFCs and the banks had narrowed. In most cases, both these entities could accept deposits, and both of them could dole out loans. But regulations favoured NBFCs. They didn't have to deal with as many restrictions and red tape. They had more leeway and time when it came to classifying bad loans. And this gave NBFCs an undue advantage over banks. Most of them grew at breakneck speeds and prioritized growth above all else. But this also came at a cost. Remember the IL and FS crisis from 2018? The company lent out a lot of money and couldn't pay its creditors when push came to shove. And when IL and FS blew up, Everyone feared that the fallout would destroy the NBFC landscape. So the RBI decided to act. They tightened restrictions and put a new regulatory framework. Big NBFCs were now bound by similar regulations. The kind banks had always been dealing with. So maybe HDFC feels there's no point running a bank and another almost bank-like institution in parallel. In a recent press conference, Sashidar Jagdishan, the CEO of HDFC Bank said and we quote, The biggest motivation for the deal is creating demand in the housing markets as our penetration in this segment is very low. We are losing our customers to other banks. Unquote. C. Banks love home loans. It's the kind of loan that's safe and sticky. After all, you always have the collateral, an actual home. And more importantly, demand for home loans was on the up. Unfortunately for HDFC Bank, they simply couldn't participate in this line of business. HDFC was already doing it and so all they could do was promptly assign or sell these loans to HDFC and earn a small fee while at it. On the flip side, they could have earned so much more if they did everything themselves. On the side, HDFC 2 had its own set of problems. For instance, banks can dole out cheap home loans because they can mobilize funds through deposits. They pay very little interest on your savings account and they can use these funds to then create home loans at a higher interest rate. Now, even though HDFC wasn't a bank, they could still access deposits. However, they couldn't do it at the scale HDFC bank was operating. So in effect, While HDFC Bank could mobilize funds at an average interest rate of say 4%, HDFC Limited was doing it at 6%. That was their cost of borrowing. And naturally, it meant they had to charge prospective customers a higher rate of interest. And with this extra charge, their home loans simply weren't going to be as competitive as other banks, like Kotak Mahindra for instance. A merger, meanwhile, solves this problem easily. The combined entity can now access deposits at a significantly lower rate of interest and they could be a real force of nature now. But wait, we have to talk about the potential problems too, right? Yes, we must. So let's start with infrastructure lending then. When HDFC Bank's Executive Director Paresh Suktanka was asked about the company's relative absence in the infra space, he said, and we quote, It's not that we haven't participated in infrastructure. We have probably had a lower concentration of our loans in infrastructure. I would say that risk management is also about deciding what you want to do and don't want to do, be it with infrastructure or other segments, and then doing it better. So I don't think our strategy has been to avoid taking risks. I think we have been taking risks when we have understood those risks and wanted to take those risks, as quoted from a Forbes interview in 2013. However, it seems they will probably change this strategy a bit. In fact, a press release says so explicitly. It will enable underwriting of larger ticket loans, including infrastructure loans, and urgent need of the company, unquote. So should investors worry about some of the risks involved? Maybe. But there's another problem. Mergers aren't always a silver bullet. A lot of mergers fail or they don't quite work the way the top executives expect. It could be a people problem. It could be a systems problem. It could be a problem of cultures. Things could go wrong. In fact, the former CEO Aditya Puri may have held the notion that a merger may not entirely be fruitful for all parties involved. So yes, things could always take a turn for the worse, even when two stellar institutions come to join forces. But will it actually happen? We will let you decide. What do you think? Will the merger bode well for HDFC Bank? Or do you think that this will just slow them down? Let us know your thoughts by tweeting to us at FinShots. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Spinshots Daily is available on a bunch of streaming platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. So make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast streaming platform. Until next time.